0: You are about to enter another dimension. A dimension not only of sight and sound, but of mind. A journey into a wondrous land of imagination. Next stop, the Twilight Zone.
1: Twilight Zone was brought to you tonight by Kleenex Tissues. The only tissue that gives you so much. The soft, strong tissue with the Kleenex touch. The Twilight Zone is brought to you tonight by the perfect coffee on the modern scene. New Aroma Roast Senka Coffee. Twilight Zone, brought to you by Pell Mell Famous Cigarettes. Over, under, around, and through, Pell Mell travels pleasure to you.
2: On tonight's special Friday the 13th episode we're going to cover 13 of the creepiest Twilight Zone episodes ever. But first before we get to that we're going to jump right into five honorable mentions. These are five episodes that were creepy but they had some comedic elements to them and they just didn't quite make the 13 list. So without further ado... Let's jump right into the five honorable mentions. From season two, Eye of the Beholder. So this is a classic episode of the Twilight Zone. Everyone, when they think of the Twilight Zone, this is one of the episodes that they think of. This episode was definitely uh, creepy um, from the reveal, which is one of the greatest reveals in the twilight zone it was uh, very well done it was filmed uh, great I mean it was just one of those episodes that you just don't forget now this episode basically it was about um, a woman with her head wrapped in bandages and she's hospitalized and the young woman awaits the outcome of a state mandated surgical procedure to make her face look normal, but what exactly is normal? And another episode, which is an honorable mention from season two, is The Lateness of the Hour. Now, this is uh, about the daughter of an inventor who objects to uh, uh, their perfect home. And I used perfect in uh, air quotes. You know, where they are waited on hand and foot by mechanical servants. And of course, this is one of the episodes with the smartest, the greatest uh, twists that I've seen inside the Toilet Zone. The atmosphere is is dreary on the outside and that bleeds into the uh, inside environment of the home. Just the weird... Uh, characters and when i mean weird characters i mean the father and mother who are just so blatantly uh uh, uh, what's the word i'm looking for they're just so uh, blissfully unaware of how their daughter is feeling but all along they're keeping a huge secret from her i will say that episode um Season 3 had the uh, biggest amount of uh, creep Factor in its episodes. And with that being said, we're going to head to Season 3 with our honorable mentions with the episode, The Last Rites of Jeff Myrtlebank. Now, this is a, about a young man who wakes up at his own funeral and wants to know exactly what's going on. Now the now townsfolk begin to wonder whether he's a man or something else, and that question is never fully uh, explained within the episode, leaving with certain twists at the end, making you think there's more to meet the eye than there probably is. Or is there? This episode was definitely a episode that could have been in the top 13 had some of these other episodes had not been so so creepy and just so this the atmosphere within all the creep factor of these episodes was something that it just stayed with you for a for a while and also in season three it's called the dummy now this was about it uh a uh, Triloquist um, named uh, Johnny, and you know, he is convinced that his dummy Willie is alive and is evil. Now, you know, a theory he tests when he wakes up and uh, he wakes up and makes up a new act with a new dummy, but things change very quickly, he's made to seem crazy. Or you know, this is one of the, uh, one of those episodes of the Twilight Zone. Do we think maybe is this really what's going on? Is this manufactured in um, in uh, his mind? Uh, in Jerry's mind, we don't know exactly what's going on, but we know that it definitely has the creep factor. But there's a the end of the episode, where it kind of falls off the rail a little bit, right before that uh ending last scene where we have the incident that happened, but it falls off the rails a little bit so it, it knocks it down from being in the uh the Kree factor uh for very long. And we're going to jump right into uh season five and. With another honorable mention, it's called The Mask. Now, this is about a wealthy uh, man named Jason Foster who invites his greedy heirs to a party where they must wear the mask he made for them or else be cut off from their inheritance. And I like the whole setting of, uh, of being in New Orleans and just having that whole... Uh, Whole aspect behind it and just the atmosphere and just the honorness of uh, Jason Foster himself really uh, lended uh, this episode um, the creepiness factor to it uh, extremely well and uh, I just love what they did with this episode but of course the reveal and the mass and you know everything it was a little bit um, is memorable but it was a little bit you know hokey by today's uh, standards but nevertheless still classic episode and an honorable mention of the twilight zone and our final honorable mention of the night is the fear this is one of the uh close to being one of the final episodes of the twilight zone and this is uh basically uh, about a a woman and a police a policeman named robert franklin who seemed to be uh stalked by giants. But of course in Twilight's own fashion, um there's always a big, a huge twist. And I love this twist, but the sixties hokiness of it kinda like pokes its rear uh head out, rears its ugly head once again, and it takes away a little bit of that genuine creepiness, fear, and just this was almost a, a horror. Um episode if you will so with that being said these are all of my honorable mentions on the creepiest Twilight Zone episodes that it probably could have made it had it not been for some other episodes that were far far better so with that being said we're going to jump right into the 13 creepiest episodes of the Twilight Zone right now. And now we head right into the 13 creepiest episodes of The Twilight Zone tonight for Friday the 13th. And tonight we start our journey in season one with an episode called The Hitchhiker. Now, a young woman driving across country keeps seeing the same hitchhiker on the roadside and unaware she has bigger worries, fears he wants to kill her. Now the overall uh, uh atmosphere of this and you know, for me, what comes into play always is just the atmosphere of the episode, just this the unsettling unsettledness uh, of the episode, if that's even a thing, but it was just creepy and just the whole monologue where she's talking to herself. In her head, and she keeps seeing this person that she keeps passing by on the road. This uh, gentleman, and he's, you know, trying to um, hitch a ride with her, and she's so uh, uh, worried about him that she's not really thinking about what's going on. I mean, there's just so many different things within this episode that just makes it creepy, and I'm not gonna dive in into it too much. I've basically already given a simple uh, synopsis of it, but it's just one of those episodes that just has stuck with me all these years from the very first time I saw it. All right, another episode from season one is called Mirror Image. Now, while awaiting in a bus station, uh, Millicent Barnes has a strange feeling that her doppelganger is trying to take. Over, so she has this uh, strange, weird feeling, and just the scene with the, uh, with the gentleman running at the end, and her just sitting in this bus station, which is semi empty, and there's just, there's just an air of creepiness about it. And her seeing uh, well, we'll get into that uh, when we actually cover the episode here shortly, but. This was one of those episodes where it was just the whole, you know, the the rain. Of course, there's the rain, which a lot of that, um, as usual, the atmosphere outside it bleeds. Uh, it bleeds into the inside uh, environment. And there were just so many creepy, unsettling things that that happen throughout the episode. All right. Another episode from season one. Nightmare as a child, and anything with children I think is creepy, and that's because I have kids too, so (laughs) with that being said, it's, um, yeah, it was really a creepy episode, and this is about a a little girl, and when a oddly familiar girl uh, turns up outside Helen Foley's uh, door, she realizes she must face a horrific memory about her mother's long unsolved murder and I love the way they mixed the conscious with the subconscious and you know well I'm not going to say exactly what it is but some of the people within the episode are a manifestation of uh, things to come and we just get the, the music it just keeps it feeling well there's that word again unsettled throughout the entire episode and those are really the things that i came up with for this and why it's so um why it's so creepy it's just the 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 unsettledness the environment and just uh there's those things it just really makes it uh for a good for a good watch over and over again all right now we continue in season one with another episode called the after hours, which to me, it's probably in the top five of the creepiest episodes of the twilight zone. Okay. So as Marsha white tries to return a gift to a department uh, stores, ninth floor, she's shocked to find that there is no department uh, department store, um, but there's no ninth floor in that department store and nothing is what as, um, as it seems. Everything is just flipped upside down and this is one of the uh, bigger twists in the Twilight Zone as well. And this is definitely for me was one of the more memorable uh, twists within the Twilight Zone uh, world. I just, just her thinking she knows what is going on, and it just, it just rocks her entire world. And I'm trying not to give away any uh, spoilers or details because we're going to cover, this is one of the episodes we're going to cover real soon while, while I'm still in the first season of The Twilight Zone. So this is uh this is definitely one of my favorite uh, episodes as well, and definitely one of the creepier uh, episodes. All right, now we head to season two with the Howling Man, and this is a very different uh, episode. It's from a short story uh, that was written a while ago, but I think that this is an an episode that was just vastly different from anything we had seen before and really any episodes we've, uh, we've seen after in the Twilight Zone. It was just almost like a standalone. This could have been really a, a standalone uh, movie, an episode, uh, if you will. But what this is about is um, there's a man seeking refuge from a storm. Uh, now, traveler David Ellington comes upon a bizarre... Um, Heritage of monks who have imprisoned a man who begs for his help. And of course, in Twilight Zone fashion, we get the uh, infamous twist, and it's one that won't be forgotten soon. Alright, now uh, heading into uh, our final. Uh, episode in season two. The episode is called "Long Distance Call." Now, tell a, a, a toy telephone becomes the link between a young boy and his dead grandmother, and there are so many things that this episode could have been about. And I can't wait to cover this episode because of you know this episode we'll cover this in death in season two but this episode it's uh it's it's just chilling and it just rips the band-aid off and it dares to talk about uh possibly child uh, suicide child death and in the 60s this was almost unheard of on uh in movies let alone on television because sponsorship was such a big thing during that time so this was just one of the episodes that it was just gut-wrenching and it felt very very um dire in its message and I don't want to get too involved in what it was all about but it had a lot of it dealt with death a lot, the death of the grandmother, which uh, spurred uh, the little boy to do what he wanted to do. It was just one of those, um, one of those episodes that definitely uh, will stick with you. And we're gonna jump into season three now, and this this episode is called "The Passersby." Now, near the end of the Civil War, a sergeant stops at the remains of the house of Lavinia uh, Godwin, who's been watching uh, wounded soldiers parade by all day long. And just the forbidding, voting, uh, rather, uh, music and the score that continues to go throughout the episode. We have the, the different characters that come by, and then there's the big revelation towards the the end and I, I always say this this home that they were um, were residing outside of watching these wounded soldiers go by it reminded me of um, maybe a broken down calm with the wind uh, a home and I love the the dialogue in this episode and it was just uh creepy and the atmosphere was like there was almost like a pulling towards something uh bigger and uh better to say the least all right next episode is called the grave now this is an episode that i i picked up on a little bit later because I don't remember watching it as as much as you know with a couple episodes I have my my favorite episodes was like a hundred episodes I, I absolutely love I'm definitely going to cover uh, my top 100 episodes of the Twilight Zone um, sometime in the near future as a side episode because I want to make this um, last as long as I possibly uh, can now the now, The Grave is about an old West lawman who visits the grave of a man he failed to track down to prove he was never afraid of him, but gets more than he bargains for. And just this old West said, um, setting, the kind of like old West uh, showdown at the beginning, and then the death, and then the grave, and then you have the the, the person that was uh, killed, the, um, the criminal perhaps, uh, his Sister comes by and just her laugh, her maniacal laugh is just so unsettling. And when you hear it, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. And just just all the characters within this little slash uh, bar saloon, it really is telling. And it really is trying to tell something a little bit deeper. And it's hard to really explain Without getting into too many details. But this episode is one of the creepier episodes. And if you guys get a chance, check these episodes out today. Alright. Now, another episode in the third season is called Nothing in the Dark. Now this is about an old woman who has uh, fought death a thousand times and always won. But now she's afraid to let a wounded policeman in her door for fear he is Mr. Death and I loved the, the way this story was crafted it was told, the actors and just the subtleness of you know accepting death as being okay as you get older and there was a lot of uh, symbolism and, and, and story that was to be told here and I can't wait to talk about uh, this episode uh, in deep Detail and what I think it actually, uh, meant. Alright, so we're going to jump right over, um, actually we're still in season three. And we got a couple episodes of season three left. And the next episode is Little Girl Lost. One of my top, um, top ten creepiest episodes ever. And this was basically about a man who was awakened by cries of his daughter. A, um, and the father enters the girl's room to find she's vanished. Even though he can still hear her crying out for help, and just the sound of her voice, which was actually done by an older uh, woman, uh, possibly in her thirties, but just that voice, and it was just so creepy. The the di the, the dimension that they entered the dimension within the room, just trying to figure out exactly what's going on with the room. It definitely had some uh, poltergeist uh, overtones to it and just them trying to figure out exactly what's going on. And I loved this uh, episode from the very beginning to the very end. And our last episode in season three is called Young Man's Fancy. Now, newlywed Alex Walker finds himself being pulled back to his childhood um, childhood house and back to his uh, widow mother in the house where he grew up and we just find so many things within this episode from the mother showing up in, in ghostly form to a certain extent to just him rejecting his newly uh, uh, I guess newlywed you know his new wife and it's just so many um uh, so many uh, things within this episode that were just so creepy and just weren't right. I mean, there's no other way to put it. All right, so now we're gonna head to uh, season four, and the only episode that I thought deserved to be really on this uh, this list from season four is called the New Exhibit. Now, this is about the creator of a murderous um, a murderous role, um, sorry, a uh, curator of a murderous row in a soon-to-be-defunct wax museum uh, who persuades the owner to let him uh, keep the figures for a while when his wife attempts to destroy them. But then there's a new murderous rampage that begins. And I, I really... Like the way they did this and crafted this whole story, and just and you know, and I like the way sometimes the Twilight Zone has things to, I guess, somewhat be left open ended in its storytelling and lets you kind of like figure out whether or not this is actually uh, what's happening or is there's actually something else. Uh, whether or not this is this person's imagination, or some kind of delusions or mental illness that they have. Not, not necessarily saying that any of those are closely linked, although sometimes they may. But um, I think that Sterling was trying to talk about mental illness at a time where that wasn't really talked about a lot. And, you know, so this was basically about a, a guy. And I'm going to really jump into some of the conversation here. With exactly what was uh, was going on, and he he basically um, there were so many things that happened um, between the murder of a wife, uh, a wife's brother, and just some other things, and blaming the uh, the murderer's role, uh, wax um, and dummies. There's so many things that uh, that could have been taking place within this episode and it was just so creepy because he was uh, so the uh, curator was so so callous he took so much more care of them than he actually did living people and this was kind of like one of those episodes where is it was it actually talking about possibly a serial killer and the tendencies that they have and how they develop over time or how they get to the point to where they they are, I don't know. But it was interesting nonetheless. And of course, the atmosphere down in that basement and him killing and and and, and covering up. Like I said, I'm going to talk about it a little bit. But there's still a big twist that I'm not going to get to and not going to talk about. But uh, yeah, it was just the callousness of of everything that said curator uh, did throughout. The episode, and some of it you just don't see coming, but there's a a slow building of of all of what's um, what's to come within the uh, episode itself. All right, and we are at our final creepy episode, one of the creepier episodes, which I think everybody knows. Um, Knows this episode when they see it or they've heard the uh some of the uh catchphrases from this episode and this episode is called Living Doll. Now a battle now a father does battle with his stepdaughter's talking doll who's um who's basically her, her, her vocabulary includes such phrases as you know I hate you and I'm going to to kill you and right away when I, when I saw this I thought of the 80's uh, horror movie and movies um, Chucky and upon doing research I found out that this is actually where they got uh, some of the idea from, for uh, Chucky from was from this very episode itself so I thought that was uh really really uh telling um just the creepiness and just the end result of what of what happens when the uh, stepfather uh the uh, father does battle with the uh, stepdaughter's uh doll, which is called talkie Tina and for a long time, I thought this was called uh called um uh, talking Tina, but anyway, it was Talky Tina. But I, I loved uh, this episode. I still love it today, and, and of course, for me and many other uh, people, uh, even um, especially Twilight Zone fans, this is definitely a classic. Well, that's all 13 of my creepiest episodes of the Twilight Zone. For this Friday the 13th. I hope you guys enjoyed this uh, bonus episode. For today. And I'll see you guys on the next episode. Of the Twilight Zone. Which will be out tomorrow. So I wanted to get out some episodes. Uh, for uh, this month. Because we're going to take a uh, a brief brief break. But then we'll be back with. Uh, several, several episodes in in a row, Um, some um, couple back-to-back-to-back, so I hope you guys stay tuned for that, subscribe, like, share, do all that fun stuff, and leave me messages uh, when you get the chance, or if you're so inclined to do so. I'll see you guys on the next Twilight Zone episode, and I'll see you guys next time on Between Light, Shadow, Science, superstition. So up next we'll hear the uh, actress that did the voice for Talkie Tina and her name is uh, June uh, Foray and she's talking about her experience on the uh, show itself.
3: I was the original voice of Chatty Cathy and uh, they did a couple with some people after that but they never sold. They Mattel liked The way I said, I love you, please change my dress, you know. And so uh, I got a call to do uh, The Twilight Zone with a chatty Cathy voice, uh, Taki Tina, who kills Telly Savalas. But she was evil, you know. She she was nice to the little girl, but she would always say, uh, My name is Taki Tina, and I'm going to kill you. And in the end, when she does kill him, the wife picks up the doll and the doll says, my name is Taki Tina and you better be nice to me. Very threatening. But they've also put out a new Chatty Cathy doll uh, for 1999 for Christmas and uh, Thanksgiving. I did not work with Rod Serling and I'm sorry I didn't. I was just in the control, in a sound booth and. And the control room was just the uh some person who was a line reader or something and uh no i I felt so bad that I never met him. but a lot of stars started with Rod Serling, Robert Redford, and uh, so many people at their first jobs that was a wonderful i I felt so privileged working on that it, it's It's a, apparently a very favorite episode among a lot of people and when i tell him that I'm talky Tina. Were you really that bad? Yes, I was, (laughs) but not personally.
1: And here we have the famous temperance from ancient Egypt, Cleopatra. Her captivating beauty almost brought about the destruction of Caesar, and Mark Antony, if you will follow me. And now, our next group, our *Piste de resistance, if I may say so. Here you will find the most infamous black-hearted killers of all time. It is not for the faint-hearted, so if there are any who would prefer to remain behind... No. very well, then. <gasps> oh, did I start on you? This is Martin Sinescu, curator of Murderer's Row. You all right, honey? Huh? Uh, sure, it's just they're so real. I, I oh, thought. There's nothing to be afraid of. They're just a lot of wax. Perhaps not, young man. Who knows what evil lurks in the heart of the man standing next to you? This is Albert W. Hicks, a mate on the oyster smack E.A. Johnson, a gentleman. Yet one day, in 1860, off the Atlantic coast, he murdered his entire crew, killed him with an axe exactly like this one. Why did he go mad? What made him change? And here, here we have Burke and Hare, the monsters of their time. But do they look like monsters? This is how they suffocated their victims. It was called Burking. Think of the agonies they endured. Which one's he talking about? Oh, sir, all of them. All of them. Surely it it is horrible to be murdered, as our victim here could tell you, if, if she could talk. But to murder, to take a life with your hands, again and again, and not be able to stop oneself. Can you begin to imagine the horror of that? Now, tell us about it. I cannot, but somewhere in the world, now at this very moment, there is someone who can. Yeah? Who? Well, no one knows yet. But if his torment is great enough, and he kills as these poor creatures did, then future generations will know. mortalized in wax, remembered as you and I will never be. This is Henri Desiree Landru. One can see the agony that he too must have felt as he was driven to strangle the life from disappointed spinsters and lonely widows was a master of the garot and he used the wax cord identical to the one he holds there get away from there those figures are not to be touched they're too rare and valuable besides the museum can't be held responsible for what might happen to you now here we have another soul in torment Jack the Ripper, who was he? And which of all the faces that moved about London's Whitechapel district, which one was his? And why did he feel driven to kill those pathetic drabs with one sweep of the knife you see here? I'm afraid we shall never know. And as we look at Hicks... Birkenhair, Lundru, and Jack the Ripper. We see men as you and me. And we can only guess what devils push them to their bloody fate.
0: He the reasons why ordinary men are driven to commit mass murder. What Mr. Sinescu does not know is that the groundwork has already been laid for his own special kind of madness and torment, found only in the Twilight Zone. slippers on me. Mommy! All right, sweetheart, I'm coming. I'll shut my. one frightened little girl named Bettina Miller description six years of age average height and build light brown hair quite pretty last seen being tucked in bed by her mother a few hours ago last heard I there's the rub as Hamlet put it for Bettina Miller can be heard quite clearly despite the rather curious fact that she can't be seen at all present location let's say for the moment in the twilight zone
4: I'm not accustomed to such service
0: ma'am
3: well there were a whole lot of people waiting for the elevator I seem to have a private one
0: well this is an express elevator ma'am to the ninth floor the others are all locals this time of day Express elevator to the ninth floor of a department store Carrying miss Marsha white on a most prosaic ordinary run-of-the-mill errand
5: Ninth floor
3: There must be some mistake there's nothing here
0: Miss Marshall White on the ninth floor. Specialties department looking for a gold thimble. The odds are that she'll find it. But there are even better odds that she'll find something else. Because this isn't just a department store. This happens to be the Twilight Zone.
3: Operator.
4: I'd like to make a call to my home in New York City. My name is Nan Adams. The telephone number is Trafalgar Four One Zero Nine Eight. Hello, Mother. This is Mrs. Adams' residence. Whom do you wish to speak to, please? Who's this? This is Mrs. Whitney. Mrs. Whitney? I don't know any Mrs. Whitney. Is this Trafalgar Four One Zero Nine Eight? Yes, it is. Where's my mother? Where's Mrs. Adams? She's still in the hospital. A nervous breakdown. A nervous breakdown? But there's nothing the matter with my mother. What do you mean a nervous breakdown? Well, it's all taken place since the death of her daughter. The death of her daughter? What do you you mean the death of her daughter? Who's this? What number is this? It's all been very sudden. Nan was killed just six days ago in an automobile accident in Pennsylvania. A tire blew out and her car turned over. Someone had pulled out some kind of a plug in me and everything, emotion, feeling, fear, has drained out. And now I'm a cold shell. I'm conscious of things around me now. The vast night of Arizona and the stars that look down from the darkness. Ahead of me stretch a thousand miles of empty mesa. Mountains, prairies, desert somewhere among them he's waiting for me. Somewhere I'll find out who he is. I'll find out. I'll find out what he wants. Though just now, for the first time, looking out at the night, I think I know. I think I know.
1: I believe you're going my way. Ann Adams, age
0: 27. She was driving to California, to Los Angeles. She didn't make it. It was a detour through the Twilight Zone.
5: So it is not to exert yourself. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I don't exert. <laughs> Billy is a feather. <laughs> please, please get the oh. All right, now everybody sit down. <laughs> Billy, shut your eyes. Now you take a deep breath like uh, uh, and then blow them out all of them. Now. Oh, oh, you make a wish. What was it? You tell grandma, yeah? Don't you think we could all hear the wish, Billy? No. That's a secret between him and me. Isn't that so? <laughs> now. Hmm.
0: Oh, mother. Why don't you let Sue cut
5: the cake, huh? You think I'm too old to cut the cake, huh? (laughs) When I'm that old, you get the shovel and dig the hole. (laughs) Shovel! Yes, my angel. Oh, Oh, Billy! Oh, Oh, my angel. (laughs) I'm so happy. My heart is full. I i like to say something. Could I say something? Sure. My little Billy, my wonderful little boy, he gave me life again. An old woman, good for nothing, no more but to complain. He held out his hands to me and made me alive. Why are you crying, Grandma? I don't know my answer. Maybe because I won't be here with you for very long. Why? I will be away. Where?
0: Nowhere, Billy. Grandma's going to be right here next year and the year after that.
5: No, don't lie to him. I will be gone. Hey, it's time for presents. Come on, Billy. Well, I wish Is anything wrong? No, just a little short of breath. Bang! 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 This is the one I want you to open next. When do you see it? This is this is the one you asked for, remember? Oh yeah. Billy, don't you want to see what grandma got you? Oh, boy. Grandma, even when she's not here anytime. Can I talk to Grandma now? Good. Go ahead. Hello. Hello. Is there somebody who wants to talk to Grandma? It's me. Who are you? It's me, Billy. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) Billy. Take me upstairs now, Chris.
3: sick this is me billy please don't be sick
0: as must be obvious this is a house hovered over by mr death an omnipresent player to the third and final act of every life and it's been said and probably rightfully so that what follows this life is one of the unfathomable mysteries an area of darkness which we the living reserve for the dead or so it is said For in a moment, a child will try to cross that bridge which separates light and shadow. And of course, he must take the only known route, that indistinct highway, to the region we call the Twilight Zone.